We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's that time of year again. Kool-Aid man, you ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, the Christmas music is back. Anyone can have a Christmas album. Anybody. All right. Anyone can do it. We're all over this, I guess you could call it news, that Bill Belichick created with Mac Jones saying that when pressed on whether he's going to be the starter going forward for the rest of the season, that uh, they're focused on beating Cincinnati. Joining us now is Dan Orlowski on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com by Town Fair Tire. For the best prices on tires, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So, Dan, ESPN's Dan Orlowski, thanks for joining us. Uh, wondering what you make of that, of that, the way that Belichick decided to end that press conference with that little question from a reporter and the answer he gave of the focus on uh, beating Cincinnati. Yeah, um, I've tried to make a very firm stance of never taking anything that Coach Belichick says and trying to decipher it just because, I mean, he's the greatest person in a press conference ever when it comes to saying absolutely everything with saying nothing. So um, I don't make much of it, candidly, and I'm not surprised. Uh, That's probably the answer that um, is relatively expected knowing how Coach Belichick for you know, for a very long time that has handled any question that feels like has come to that or, or, or in that world. So uh, I'm not surprised by his answer uh, that it was very much team centric rather than individual. So we've been talking to you all year and every day we, I feel like every Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, we feel like, okay, is it going to get better? Is it going to get better? But I feel like it's gotten worse with us, Dan, with this team. So I guess yeah. the question is, is this the bottom for this offense? Is this rock bottom, what you saw last week? You no, know, it has to be. You know, for, for obviously the way the game ends, um, the, how poor your offense played. You know, one of the scores is the Duggar interception, which was a great play. Yeah, and you know, I'm about to do this on NFL Live uh, a little bit more detail, but, but the I've talked at nauseum this year when it comes to the Patriots offense of, you know, the lack of creativity and calling the same plays over and over again. And then obviously the shotgun and the underneath stuff, and you know, kind of uh, all those aspects. Um, and, and, you know, watching the game last week over, um, I think on Monday or Tuesday this week, you know, I just kept writing the same note down. And it was under center, run, under center, run, under center, run. They were under center. And again, this is a microcosm last week of something that is, shown very much so this season, but last week it was exacerbated. They were under center 23 snaps last week. They ran the ball 22 out of 23 of those snaps. Now, there is a group of people that don't believe in predictability. They don't think it's a big deal. They'll sit there and tell you, well, I don't know the type of run. And while I can like somewhat understand where they're coming from, but the reality of what that does to other parts of our offense 
is it makes our jobs so much harder. How about when they were in the gun last week? They threw it, all snaps but four, and I'm pretty confident that two of those throws were pulls on an RPO by Mac Jones. So there is just this overwhelming evidence last week, and then you dive into it over maybe the course of the last four or five weeks and then throughout the season, that when that football team is under center, and they did it a little bit more last week than they have, but under center to run the ball basically every single snap is ridiculous. And then when you're in the gun to throw it 85%, 90% of the time, I mean, of course it's going to be hard to play. And I was just – Marcus is going to be on with me. I was just with a couple other guys that played D-line, and I'm not going to share their names because I didn't get to tell them – I didn't tell them that I was going to share our conversation. But I asked them, I said, did you all, like, really pay attention to that stuff? And they laughed at me, and they were like, of course we did. (laughs) If we know what you're doing, my job is so much easier. So, real quickly, just to follow up on that, with that being said, Dan, like, I most definitely feel like it's going to get worse because the, the the teams are better. The last three games, the last two teams are all better. They're all playing for something. And yet, here they go. Yeah. All here we go yeah. again. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't look like it did, you know, the, the last play of the game, right, where they ladder it two times and sure. Chandler Jones just completely, you know, you know, uh, just pushes Mac through the earth. But I mean, they can they can get wallet forty to nothing. Yeah, and, and and I said this when I did some something like this with Carolina before in the start of the season when their their backs alignment was very indicative of run or pass. If I see it, the team you're about to play sees it because they're a lot smarter than me, and they're just watching your tape. I got to watch everybody's. So yeah, I mean, there's it, with with information and talent. You know, those two things are powerful in any sport, in any level. So uh, it, it's it's not going to be very good unless things, you know, change, get altered, get tweaked. Uh, Dan, could one of those changes be at quarterback? Should Bill stick with Mac? Of course. Of course? Of course. Yeah. Of we course, watched that but... same game against the Raiders, right? I mean, that's that's a last place defense, uh, pass defense. And Mac had his worst game maybe as a Patriot. How many drops? There's a few. How many missed throws? Um, I don't think that I charted that many like missed throws. I think there were two or three to start the game. One's a flat, one's an out route. Those are bona fide misses by Mac Jones. But do we really think that this offense is going to be, you know, uh, elevated or injected by the addition of Bailey Zappi? Like, I'm going to look at my notes right now for this. Well, I can tell you that you're right about the first The first pass that he threw was the Jonu Smith. It was almost intercepted. The next two were terrible. But then he had the red zone throw to Jonu Smith. That was bad. He had the Jacoby Myers that throw. Was out that of was bounds. terrible. The red zone throw to Jonu Smith is on Jonu Smith. I, I, How so? Down. That was five yards that out forced? of bounds, Dan. That ball the one in the end zone? That ball is a touchdown. That ball is a touchdown if Jonu Smith doesn't slow down. Well, I don't know. We, we, I would say I usually agree with you on this one. Tall, I would say equal blame for both sides, to be honest with you. I mean, Uh-oh, if he's looking as, at as a quarterback, when I'm throwing that ball, when I'm cutting that ball loose, I'm throwing it to like land, hopefully three or four yards out of bounds. So the six foot four guy is fully extended versus man coverage. I mean, that's, we might say that that misses by a foot or something like that, but that's not an egregious miss. John, go watch the tape. When he peeks back, he slows down. And that's why there's that great, oh, my goodness, miss. I have Mac Jones missing three throws. First quarter, 719. First quarter, 715. Second quarter, 1202. And then I've got 
um, one, two, three, four, five drops. So what you what did you think about the the, the second play that they ran? Where uh, that same sequence, that red zone sequence, right where they're on the two. The next play yep. was like a it was like they were trying to run a slant route, but it was it was a uh, Nelson Aguilar and Mac had a fit because they felt like either he didn't I don't know bench it off quicker or he didn't work separation. Do you know what the play I'm talking about? No, it's not ringing a bell. What what quarter is it in? Same sequence. It was a, it was the next play after the John Smith in the red zone disaster red zone. sequence. Yeah. Hey, don't oh, worry right about after, it. Right it doesn't it doesn't matter. The fact is that he was not happy with the route, and it's hard to tell who's right and who's wrong now. I think it's the I other mean, aspect. You know of it. this though. It, it the, when it comes to any aspect of offense, but certainly a pass game, and that's one of the things that I've gotten into when I got into this business was like trying to get people to understand there's there's so many different tiers and or levels to talent and performance. So it's not just, well, Mac played really good and the receivers suck. Like if, if the quarterback's numbers are good, it's because of everyone else around him played relatively complimentary as well. When the quarterback's numbers are bad, there's probably going to be multiple examples of everybody else around him struggling as well. So I don't like, again, do, do, do Mac did not play a um, great game. I thought Mac was like fine. It's I've said this before. It's really hard to gauge and judge his performance when everything around him is so dire. So as you said there, Mac, okay, maybe a fine game. His numbers look awful just in the box score. Did you see anything in terms of his mechanics or anything that looked some a couple of those passes did look really off where he was sailing over the sideline and inaccurate? Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't in, see anything mechanically. No, I mean I think those first two misses, seven nineteen in the first quarter and seven fifteen when he's throwing those outs or flats or quick outs to the field. I think those are the two misses. When I sit there, I remember the second one. I rewound like five or six or seven times from the sideline and the end zone to be like, cause the ball looks like it's just odd coming out of his hand. Like my goodness, that one looked weird. Um, but I didn't see anything mechanically with those um, that were, I, I think they, those two were just very odd misses, but I, those were the only two misses that I saw. I, I've got five drops. I've got great throws on in routes on third down. I got a great throw. That's a drop. I got a great throw that gets your feet in. And it's a, it's a big time completion. So um, I, I did not see any flaws mechanically, no. And I just had to ask you, because we asked Mac um, on Monday when we were in person with him about not having the Hail Mary uh, call at the end of the game, and they went with the draw play. Yeah. As a quarterback, I mean, are you chomping at the bit? Are you voicing that you want it in your hands in that situation? Is there... How would you if you feel like that? you can get it there? I think so. I, I feel like if you feel like you can block it up and get it there, I think you want a shot at it. Absolutely. I don't know, you know, if if Mac feels like he can get the ball there, um, you know, fifty five plus yards. I think it would be. So, you know, by the time you get back and get into a drop, you're looking at probably close to a sixty yard throw. And can we protect it and all that stuff? I think you do want the shot at it, but, um, you know, I, I think there, you know. If the coach is adamant, no, we're just going to hand it off and go to overtime, I could also understand where he sits there and goes, okay, maybe maybe this is the moment where you know I kind of bite my tongue and we do what the coach asks and or says. Dan, just to follow up on that a little bit, I saw on the TV you saying that that last play was a real big example of the Patriots being a poorly coached team, and I do agree. I mean, I think they've been very poorly coached this year. I agree with you there. But at some point, don't the players have to know the situation on the field and the time and the score and all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was one of those things where 
like that last play, I do believe is 99.9% player, you know, and I think Jacoby handled himself totally professionally and was a big time, like a a pro and a man in that moment after the game. But my brain naturally does go to like, if there was an offensive coach there running the show, would that have been happened? Would there have been some form of communication before? I don't know. Like, but that's, that's I don't while it might be outrageous or Dan's trying to make it, my brain naturally goes there because I've never seen anything like that, you know. So and maybe that's unfair to the coaches. I'm not blaming the coaches at all for that happening. It's just where my mind goes to with everything that has transpired this year for the for the Patriots offense. Okay, so with the Cincinnati Bengals coming in and Joe Burrow uh, coming in and that just high powered offense. I mean, do the do the Patriots need to score like 35 points to win this game, or what would be the um, game plan? Like you tell me. Based on everything you know, what would be the game plan you would throw out there to beat the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, keep the offense as, as far off the field or as much off the field. So that offense is high-powered, yes, but a little bit more so last year than this year. That offense is more efficient this year. Um, it's the best short passing game in the NFL because teams are playing this, them in so much too high safety shell. I would imagine New England will do that a ton. Um, their ability to, to run the football out of the shotgun. They're a predominantly shotgun team that does it well because of their talent on the perimeter. The, the area that Patriot fans will see that receiver talent show up the most is in the red zone. They, they've become one of the best red zone offenses in the league because they have to be so efficient and methodical. And it's really hard, really hard to match up against those three guys down there because Joe's always able to find – Where's the one you're not doubling? Or, or if you're doubling him, where's the next option? Or where's your fourth corner type of thing? So that's, you know, they, they're getting, now the Patriots play pretty good red zone defense. That's where they're going to have to be at their best. That's the matchup there. All right, Dan. Dan Orlowski from ESPN. Thanks, Dan. Dan, Thanks, Dan, thank you so much and have a very happy holiday. And a Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. You too. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Dan Orlowski from mm. ESPN. He joins us every Wednesday to break down mostly Mac Jones and everything else with the Patriots. You're, you're a big happy holiday person, aren't you? Well, it's Hanukkah right now, too. I mean, but I it's mean, just started. I say happy holiday. I say Merry Christmas. What I if say I what? say that someone doesn't celebrate Christmas? Yeah. I feel stupid. They say I'm Jewish. I don't celebrate Christmas. I say Happy Hanukkah. Then I have to That's be like, oh, sorry, Happy, happy, happy Hanukkah. Holiday. That way you cover it all with Happy Holidays. I mean, I don't be, like awkward it would, interactions. It would be like different this. if it was the first week of <laughs> December, but there's. So you're saying it's uh, Hanukkah. So right the whole now. the whole time for the past, like you know, since like the ending of uh, since after Thanksgiving, I've been telling everybody Merry Christmas, have a Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. have a Merry Christmas. You've probably offended between so? like three and six people. Probably a good, at least 40% of the people I say it to. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll address them when we come back. More importantly. <laughs> we're going to address them when we come back. Two hours The war on Christmas. No, no, we get we're gonna we're gonna Dude, do Lombardi it's a first, beautiful right? Beautiful holiday tree. Well, you blew that lead up. That well, I was I'm about sorry. To do, uh, I, I'm trying cheese. to be the coach that Lou so, was. <laughs> but yeah, Mike Lombardi. He had some harsh words for Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge. Where did this come from? We'll hit that next. Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Bad Religion Does Christmas. I saw Bad Religion in concert when I was like 12 and a half. Wow. And they were too drunk to perform. (laughs) I believe it. That happened to me my uh, freshman year, the freshman orientation concert at Boulder. Who was it? Modest Mouse. It was (laughs) Modest Mouse and The Roots. And Modest Mouse was too drunk. They, they couldn't finish their show, and so the Roots had to play for like an hour and a half. It was great, actually. <laughs> Wait, where was, where was, that was just some it was in the field orientation? House. Yeah, they did a big concert in the field Concert for house. all the incoming freshmen. Yeah. Did wow. Colorado do that? They, all the colleges you didn't get one of those? do that now. No. You, you, get you, get like a, that you get a fall fest, and you get a spring 2001, flight. yeah. Really? Huh. All right, well, and there it's you always go. These, like, it's always these, like... C grade music acts. No, I think when I when I got into when I, my first day of college, it literally just threw me in a dorm with some dude I'd never met or heard of in my life. He ended up leaving in the middle of the year, so I got the whole dorm to myself. Nice. That was they the didn't best put part you with an athlete. Yeah, but I didn't know him. He didn't talk. He was real weird. What sport and then he did ended he play? up he played football, and then he just decided in the middle of the year to just leave transfer portal. No, before <laughs> yeah. But the best thing he left like his dad was like this uh, um, like carpenter, and he built these badass bunks. Cool. So he Hold left, on. and then he, and he, could, and he, and he made him baby Jesus. <laughs> no, no, he was not baby Jesus. <laughs> His father was a carpenter. <laughs> he was, yeah. He mysteriously he disappeared. Yeah, it was, we, all come, these weird people come, came, he died and came back. Did he come came back? back? No, he never came back. Uh, but his girlfriend like, did. Look at my hands. <laughs> did he ever turn water into wine? No, no. but he always had these people coming to the room, leaving gifts. It's weird. What's this for? What am I going to do with this? What's a myrrh? What is myrrh? What is that? Can Still I drink it? Still trying to figure it out. I think it's a, is it a spice or a fragrance? It's a weird college drug. All the kids are doing it now. Come on, take it. They get you hooked real quick on some myrrh. Can I get a gram of myrrh? You guys? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> and then they're surrendering themselves to Foxborough people. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Mike Lombardi is somebody we check in with on his GM Shuffle podcast from time to time because he's usually ripping a second-year quarterback or some other player. And just not your guys. Just, just ripping everybody on the Patriots except for the coaches. So following that Raiders complete catastrophe that the Patriots had, uh, he had this to say about the Patricia Joe Judge appointments made by Bill Belichick. This team has been this way all year. They do dumb things at the wrong time. There's too many details that aren't getting handled, and they don't represent what typically is a New England Patriot team. And so, I mean, there's going to have to be a really hard self-evaluation, and, and it's going to have to start with the head coach because, you know, he can't, they can't throw the ball. I mean, let's just put it out there. They cannot throw the football. They're, you know, this whole Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, it, it, it's not working. You want to say Mac Jones sucks, but you watched him last year with Josh McDaniels. He didn't suck, right? They can't throw the ball. Like, they have no passing game. They just run plays. I've been saying this for how long? It's bad, and, and it's not working. It's just not working. Wow, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, like, where, where, you been, where, where have you been for the last three Was months? Was he in a coma for Jeez. 16 weeks? I mean, honest to God, really? Like, finally, welcome to the party. You know we've been here for three months. You know when people accidentally tell the truth? Like, they tell on themselves? That is what this man does right here. Play this part, Ryan. Play this part. <laughs> What part? This part I just asked for. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never seen a New England team like this. Like this is so anti-Belichick. It's so it's so not who they are. It's so not who they are in that building. You know, they they get they they, they just haven't been themselves. I mean, and you could say, well, they don't have an offense. Like it's not the plays. It's the mistakes they're making in the game. That you can blame it on the coaches all you want. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty naive if you want to do it because they haven't played the quarterback. I mean, think about it. Femi, they've had eight turnovers in two in three games. Oh wait a second! I know what you did. You you went back in the when hot tub time. You went. Oh, see, we you know what? You didn't do you didn't work. do this right. You didn't do this right. You did this. Usually, when well, we go what back, what I wanted actually and, was him saying that Mac Jones sucks. Well, when we go back in time, when we do a back in time, we don't <laughs> we, we do <laughs> no. We play so you know, take me back, like from the movie Rocky. Oh yeah. Oh, that's usually what we do. So I'm totally confused right now. So. What I wanted to take away from that, we played a wrong clip there, but that's okay. I should have been more clear on the talkback. So Mike Lombardi told on himself because in that first clip, he's saying, you want to say Mac Jones sucks, but he didn't suck last year. Mm -hmm. Actually, nobody sitting here wants to say that Mac Jones sucks. I think Mike Lombardi has wanted to sit here for 16 weeks and say Mac Jones sucks. And Mac Jones is putting himself in a position where he might not have a job next year because of the way that he's throwing these interceptions. He's, he was in danger of really of, of either changing what he did or he's going to lose his job. He's not going to play in the NFL. You're not going to play in the NFL. You keep turning the ball over like he was. What week was that? Was that week four? Four. I'm going to go with week four. Week four? The end of September. This was the end of September. That's what we were hearing. And what we heard, so Ryan played that other clip. That was from the same episode in week four of his GM shuffle in which he told us that we were naive if we were going to blame the coaches for the way the quarterback is playing. Now he tells us they can't throw the ball. You want to say Mac Jones sucks, but you have to look at what's going on on the sideline. Really? They can't throw the ball. I mean, let's just put it out there. They cannot throw the football. 
That's my favorite line. That's it, one of my favorite lines. It took you, know you to week 16. Welcome, Mike Lombardi. Yeah. We've been here the whole time. We've been here since July. Well, anyone who is defending. Like they have no passing game. They just run plays. I've been saying this for how long? How long here, have you been saying it? Not that long. You've been saying it for 20 seconds is how long you've been saying it. You've been telling us that we're stupid. You had to hold back Gas- yourself from us? calling us stupid. So you call us naive because we were blaming the coaches. You wanted to call us stupid. And was- we sat here since July. You can blame it on the coaches all you want. I think that's pretty I think that's pretty naive yeah, if you want to do stupid, it. Stupid cuz you think we're stupid because we don't just sit there and go, "Well, this guy's never done this before and it's a second year quarterback and one of the most important developmental years." Everybody says, "Oh, well, okay, you have 2 years to develop a quarterback <laughs> unless it's Josh Allen, because that's a special exception that proves the rule." And it's like Who is that an impression? <laughs> every freaking talking head is who that was. Uh, I, I like the delay on the twitch. <laughs> can, they can't throw the ball. I mean, I let's just put it out the there. They I cannot throw the football. Oh, why They're... can't they throw the ball? Well, you want to say Mac Jones sucks. Do you? Do you, Mike? It sounds like you do. And guess what? He doesn't. He sucks right now because of the circumstances you put him in. Turn off that music, Ryan. <laughs> She's scared. She's scared, isn't she? She's on the warpath. Okay. First of all, excellent points, all of them. Thank you. And, but the, there's so many, so many things from this podcast that were making me laugh. The one thing that Ryan was kept playing I really, was... I, I gotta say, I really hate on, hold, that hold. I just acted like that with antlers on my hands. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> I was looking at the Twitch. I was like, this is glorious. Don't don't stop her. The part was like, you know, I'm gonna say it. Let's. Who wants to say it? You know what? Let's say it right now. They can't throw the ball. Like Another aspect of, you know, it's like there's like, suddenly I feel like the people who protected Bill and who are FOBs, friends of Bill, finally realized that it's way too obvious now. They can't defend it. They can't excuse it. They can't explain it. They can't cover it up. It's so pathetically bad that even the most loyal FOBs have to join the club, right? They have to join our side. They finally just, well, I'm going to say it. This I've been saying it all along. They no, have you no haven't. passing game. They just run plays. I've been saying this for how long? It, it, to me, it's almost comical, and I, I feel like we should, you know, everyone who's been noticing it and having the courage to say it you know, to believe their eyes, right, to believe what they see and talk about, like, the trouble that is brewing and how long it's been going on, you should feel validated. Because finally, the, the most loyal FOB of them all has decided to, to, to jump ship, right, and to join our side, which is the right side. So they can't throw the football. It's like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, that's a terrible mistake. Yeah, said it in June. Said it, like, when it happened. Like, it's no way this is going to work. And it's not Mac's fault. That's the other aspect of it. The best line, the best line of all of them, and Ryan, I'm going to ask for this real quick. Is the uh, is the one I told you about the about the two ships that uh, are battling? They just have no idea <laughs> on how to set up a game plan, how to attack an offense, how to attack the adjustment. All the things that I learned from there, all the things that I believe in in offensive football, from learning it from there, from Walsh, from Belichick, from all the coaches. Name drop, name drop. It just it doesn't. They just run plays. They just run plays, and they play battleship football. K5, miss. Okay, let's try G3. Like, there's no rhyme or reason, and their offensive line execution is so bad. Like, the biggest problem problem is the fundamentals and techniques of their Mm -hmm. offensive line. They don't have any. Oh, my God. It is it's preaching. Thank you for joining us at the end. He's like, where have you been? We've been here all year. So that, that, to me, is like I feel like the analogy of the year. 
I can't believe I feel like he needs to get an award. That was a Battle great analogy. football. I'll ask right? him. I'll ask him who's coaching the offensive line. Right. You're name dropping all these names. But it's naive to to blame them. Right? It's naive to blame the offensive line. No, it was line naive. Coach. It was naive yeah. in week four. Now right. he's been saying it all along. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's it's again, we've been saying it the whole time. So suddenly like the real GM, GM genius, whatever, GM shuffle, he comes out and he says it and he's emphatic about it and he's like in your face and it's like, Oh my god, it's like I've been saying it all year and what took you so long to figure it out? K five, miss. Okay, let's try G three. No, and, 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 and he gets into just the overall system, right? And like the scheme, like Hunter Henry blocking a defensive end. That doesn't work. Like that's not going to work like from it from from the beginning. It's Dan Orlovsky with under center, you're a hundred almost a hundred percent run. It's shotgun. You're like a hundred percent pass. Like it's predictability. It's like obvious, like what you're gonna do. So you just pick a play without like, you know, hey, you know, K five, throw it out there. Nope, miss. Okay, how about I go G three? Okay, fine, nope, miss. Okay, how about uh, if I sunk anybody's battleship? Battleship. Milton Bradley's great game of strategy. It's loaded with action and suspense. Play it anytime, anywhere. B four. <laughs> I used to cheat at this game so bad. How? I'd move my boats around. Uh, it was a defensive <laughs> like, cheating. That's a miss. Yeah. Like, how did you see the other board? So it's just, it is. So I don't, and this is, I almost feel like you're at the point now where with Michael Lombardi is basically just, just killing all these guys, really. Like Matt Patricia can't coach. Joe Judge can't coach. And even the, the even the whole you know either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen in regards to penalties, that's another aspect of it. Mm. So, so which one is it? I gotta well, I gotta ask you this: Is he putting this out there at this point because he knows that Belichick has moved on from these guys? I think that's and right. these are no longer friends of Bill, so he doesn't have to protect ah, them anymore. Or or he doesn't have original thoughts. These or, are all things exactly. That come from Bill, or think, is yeah. this a step yeah. further? Where he thinks Belichick has a stink on him, Ooh, so, so he, I had wants it wrong. To, he wants to step away from Belichick. I uh, no, no. I think I, I think you're onto it because my thing is like, all right, okay, I'm not going to rip him until it's obvious that they're super bad. But maybe he's gotten word that you know that uh, Bill is done with these guys, so he feels like it's safe to rip them, right? So because they're not really attached to Bill, and that way I can be ahead of it because I already know that Bill's going to move on from him later. So I get credit for saying that it doesn't work. Even so though I've been saying, saying this December. for how long? I don't know. I mean, a, a, a day? Who's to say? A Literally day? Who really knows? 20 seconds. Who knows? I don't even Unless know. Unless you just get on your podcast and lie for 16 weeks. Unless you got on your podcast and lied for 16 weeks and called this stupid simultaneously. Yeah, now I feel like a sucker. Well, was it naive and stupid to be critical of this coaching staff in week four? The answer is no. No. Absolutely not. People so, were criticizing them in the preseason. Well, like, this yeah. was, this we're, was going on the whole time. We're just stupid, naive people, so yeah. I think anybody could have seen that this was not going to work in May, June, and July, and now he's just kind of catching up. Welcome, Mike. I just think that it's... Um, it's cold now. It is. I know, right? When we started this thing, it was we were all wearing the shorts and flip-flops. The trees in my backyard had leaves on them. Yeah. Yeah. We were Do you think points. he heard... Did he hear that the Patriots stayed out west between the Arizona Maybe. game and Troy the Vegas Aikman game? didn't know. Or should we break that news to him, too? Troy Aikman didn't know. He was doing the game that day. Jeez. Oh, it's amazing. So, so I don't know what the other one we missed. I feel like there was one more. Yeah, that there's we didn't one play. more. So, I, I, this is again going back to the coaching situation on offense. Let's play this third clip, Ryan. I don't think the Patriots are that bad offensively, as bad as they look in terms of their personnel. Remember, I believe this: it's either coaching, scheme, or players. Right? There's three things: mm-hmm. players, coaches, or scheme. 
And I think you've got to really be self-critical if you're New England and say, we're just not very well coached on offense and our schemes are not very good. I mean, it's just fa- fair because the talent level is a lot better. Like, there's more talent on the, Ra- on the, on the Patriots offense than there is on the Raider offense. Now, they don't have Adams, and, they, and Waller's obviously a good player, but they've got depth at running back. They've got two tight ends. They've got good enough receivers. They may not be, the, they may not be Adams, but they've got depth at receiver. Like, for them not to be able to throw the football half effectively, it, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. And this experiment is, is a failed – it just doesn't work. It's not there. It's not getting any better. There's no continuity from week to week to week. Is Mike Lombardi, so like, hitting the eggnog right now? What is that happening? That is the hottest take I've ever heard. That is <laughs> that there's have, more that there's, there's more, more talent, talent on the Patriots. Talent. There's more raw talent <laughs> on the Patriots offense than the Raiders offense. One has Devontae Parker who's injured and one has Devontae Adams. One has Josh Jacobs, who is a pretty the leading damn, rusher in uh, all yeah. of football. And then what about your tight end situation if oh, he's you available? Two, you have two tight ends. He couldn't even name the tight ends yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, Waller he does kind of suck. He said game. you have two tight ends. Well, he was hurt. Yeah. He couldn't come up with one yeah. name of a tight end. This man who probably talks to Bill Belichick three times a week. Well, uh, And their to, quarterback's to, better, too, by the way. Uh, oh, geez, I hate their quarterback. I hate the quarterback. I think he's a nightmare. Fine, but he's better than Mac. I mean, yeah. look at the numbers. It's not even close. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there was a time where I – let me get off that for a second. He has 23 I touchdowns. I, I know, but he, they, they constantly throw it down the field, and they have probably more interceptions. But that's another discussion. But the, the interesting thing to me is coaches, scheme, and players. Okay? Uh, good or bad, okay, when I, tell you, when I tell you the name, okay? Coaches. Uh, bad. bad. Okay. Bad, uh, yeah. Scheme. Bad. Also bad. Players, it's good or bad. I can't say. Yeah, that. it's bad. Pass They're or bad fail. Too. They're all bad. Everything's bad. Okay, now are they? Now let me <laughs> let me answer this. Okay, so let me give you a little bit more context with the players. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I think about because uh, I think the players are 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 good players. Like Hunter Henry's a good tight end. More than he was a pretty good tight he's a end. Good tight end. He was never like a Pro Bowler. Like he, was he wasn't. A, I think he did. Did he make one. one Pro Bowl? Okay, maybe he made one. But like good he never player. had like a huge year. You I know? know, but solid player. Yeah. you could count on him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the backs are good backs if they're all healthy. Their offensive line sucks. Your quarterback should be much better. Your receivers are good enough. Your receivers are mediocre at but best. But they're I good. Think. But I, you know, but they're good. like on paper they're mediocre. They're good at enough. Best. But I would say like nobody. You don't have a. You don't. They don't have this just. You know, junkyard dog at receiver. Where you're gonna like Jamar Chase or Demonte Adams, right? Like those are. I mean, think you about it. You don't have it. You don't have it. But it doesn't mean it still doesn't mean you should be this bad. Like I still, I should still be able to complete basic route combinations. I should still be able to confuse the defense. the The problem is, if I'm gonna start with the biggest issue is, I start with the coaches and then I go to scheme. Because the scheme is developed by the coaches. Players, coaches, or scheme. Okay, and then the players, I think, <laughs> end sucks, up... Sucks, sucks, yeah, all sucks. The, I think the players are end up being a byproduct of the, the first two. They just, they, their value is decreased and diminished because of how they're marketed and how they're used. So right now, if you were to put them on the open market, you'd all get they'd be pennies on the dollar for those guys. If they were stock, pennies on the dollar for Hunter Henny, all of them. But put them in a better system with a better coach, guy who understands their value and how to use them, skyrocket. Price would go up. It'll help some team win a Super Bowl. Not so this I've been one. saying this for how long? Jeez, a, a, an hour? <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. Can we check all these stats? We need, to, we need a break. When we come back, Mike Reese, 
He has some stats on just how bad this offense has regressed. We got we to gotta get into that. And in about an hour, we're going to hear from Brian Scalabrini. He's going to join us to talk some Celtics. W-E-E-I. Love E-E-I, man. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England's Sports Original. Yeah, Spider-Man and Freezing full of fact. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick, are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. Girl, I must warn you. I sense something strange in my mind. Yo, situation is Let's kill it because we run out of That was kind of like a surrender cobra, that dance movie. You say I'm a little macarena there, too. Yeah. I was a break dancer. You did the Macarena right now. No, this is the Belle Biv DeVoe poison song. This is the dance. How does it Part of it. I can't do the whole thing, but there's a lot of gyration going on. Lots of hands going like this. Mm-hmm. I can you do know, that. A lot of like knee popping, stuff like that. So, Belle Biv DeVoe yeah. will be performing at the Winter Classic January 2nd. I believe we're carrying that, correct? Yes. On WEEI, so you can listen to it. Are we going to hear his performance, or is that like trademark? Oh, I hope so. You got to play Belle Biv DeVoe in Boston. They're Boston legends. Ugh. It's him and the Black Keys, and I don't think the Black Keys have Belle any connection. Belle Biv DeVoe is two people. Oh, oh, yeah, they don't is? have a third anymore. I thought it was just a guy. It's, Who left? Uh, uh, Ricky Bell and uh, Michael Bivens. Bell Biv the Bell. Bell Biv <laughs> so who's missing? Sorry, I'm not a big Clearly. Bell Biv head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Bell they're missing. doing the national anthem and they're performing at the first intermission. I think the Black Keys are doing the second intermission, but I may have that wrong. I don't know anything about who the Black. I don't know anything about the Black Keys. You know the Black. They're Keys. from Ohio. Come on, no, you, I you know their songs. I probably would hear. I would know it if I heard it. But their songs are in like every commercial ever. Yeah, yeah really? they're like in every car commercial. Yeah. Uh, what do you want me to do? We'll I, play. I, we'll play it at the next rejoin. You can I tell can't us. Remember if you the last time I bought a car? At Toyota, we've engineered a brand new <laughs> Ram truck. <laughs> it's Toyota. Uh, that means there's more grilling, yeah. more seasoning, uh-huh. more like leaf breaking. <laughs> All right. All right. There you go. God, I'm learning a lot about music today. You really are. It's nice. It's really good. Are you? Who's happier than you right now? Black Keys are doing the first period intermission. Belle Biv DeVoe will do the national anthem. Foyer's mad at me because I am trying to race against the storm that is sweeping the East Coast to get to my family with my dog. And Foyer's like furious, which is ridiculous. And I'm the one who has the right to be mad yeah. at him. Yeah. Christian well, should, the other Christian I'm the one getting abandoned mad. over here. Why yeah. is that, Arcan? Well, because I'm getting you, abandoned by oh, my co-host. You, because you, you, you played Ken. You I did played not him. play you anyone. Totally played him. And, I like, came he doesn't. In. He he's so sweet, little Ken. Just never heard a fly. I came. Doesn't in. know anything. And here comes Ryan's Mego. like Ryan's like, you're traveling on Friday. I never. It's going to be epically mm-hmm. See awful. What I mean. I never like, said. I that. know you didn't say yes, that. Yes, you she's, did. She's she's trying to get out of working tomorrow, so she does this this old woe is me. I'm just a poor little girl who has to drive off by herself. I'll have to drive seven after that. hours care with a Siberian husky. It's, a, it's not even a big dog. It's a tiny dog that she's just sleeps not on tiny. the couch. What are you talking the, about? On your on your front seat of your anyway, car. Anyway, do you have a Franco uh, Harris story? You <laughs> See tell? what are you? Okay, Glenn. <laughs> I'm just, what, we can talk about my dog for four no, hours. No, well, I do think, I do think we should, hear. you know, I mean, does anybody, like, know that Franco Harris uh, passed away at the age of 72 today? Yes. Does anybody care? 
Well, you does had a story care? you wanted to share. Well, I mean, like, does anybody does everybody know who Frank O'Hara is? That's the first thing. I don't sure. think he was the born. In, he was born reception. in nineteen fifty. They actually, Bill was asked about it today, and all he kept talking about was it was weird. He talked about how he went to Penn State and. You know how he was a really good back. And big like, Paterno defender, too, when that all happened. Oh, Franco really? was. Oh, yeah. Was big he? Time. Yeah, really? He was. Not to speak ill of the guy because he just died, but that's like the last thing I remember about him was that he really went but, to bat for Paterno. But everybody who yeah. played in that era, those 60s and, uh, sorry, like the 70s, all defended him to the very end. Yeah. No, my, my simple story. I was a huge Steelers fan growing up. Love the Steelers. Love the Steelers. Love Lynn Swan. Out of Love LA? Rocky Blyer. Yes. Why? I'm obsessed with them. I just, I don't know. I just liked them, maybe because of the cool uniforms, or maybe I was a front-running kid. I have no <laughs> I was idea. Say Steelers, <laughs> but the and Rams Lakers. were good that year, Pretty also. Cool. No, but the Rams were good. They played one year, but uh, they were lost. You a Cowboys fan later? Too? No, I did not like the Cowboys. Just I liked Rocky Blyer. They did this like you know made-for-TV movie on Rocky Blyer's life, how he went to Vietnam and he got shot, and you know he came back and he right. played and made Christian, it back on the team. You told me that you wanted that you Wait, had a story about I, Frank no, O'Hara. No, I'm just well, listen. You have to hold on. Someone completely you asked different. About, he asked about the Steelers. There's I said, clicking, there's my love, there's there's a, my love affair with the Steelers. ticking on radio. And I see it, and I'm monologuing so I can get to the five-minute <laughs> the five minute mark so I don't have what to waste any time. What is your story? Simple story. Um, <laughs> I asked him to sign a football, and he wouldn't sign it. <laughs> Christian! He wouldn't sign it. Here's Christian. the story. We, you I can't was at the tell um, that story when he just died. That's what? No, mean. it was weird. You know what? He had this weird thing. So we were at the um, Taste of the NFL, and it was like all the Hall of Famers and me. Yeah, I was why representing were you the there? Patriots. Okay, everybody had gold jackets, and it was me. So, so uh, Steve DiFilippo, uh, you know, Taste of the NFL. Like each city has a restaurant that represents that team. So Davios was always the guy, and I was, and I, and I a lot of pressure to, on Davios. They, they would, like, always win. They were oh, yeah. always the best. One of the best uh, there, always. Uh, one year they won it. Martinis. I love Davia. No, it's the best. And so one year we went, and like, Steve's like, hey, can you, we're going to try and auction off this ball. We're trying to get all the gold jacket Hall of Famers from all these different teams, you know, to sign the ball. So right. I'm like, I'm like, really? So I'm running around like some kid asking all these guys to sign this ball. So suddenly I go to Frank O'Hara. So I'm like, hey, yeah, big fan, big fan, that whole thing. <laughs> and I'm like. And he's and he uh, and I was like, hey, can you sign this? We're gonna auction off for the kids. You know, no, everybody's hungry. Nobody has any food. We're gonna auction off so we can feed the children. Really laid it on thick. And he said no. He said he wouldn't sign it. And he said he doesn't let him starve. No, yeah, he said let him starve. No, he said he doesn't sign anything that isn't Steeler related. Ooh, like he won't sign an NFL helmet. He won't sign like a Patriot helmet. No Penn State stuff. He only. Well, I didn't ask him about Penn State, but he would only. It had to be a Steeler helmet. A Steeler shirt, a Steeler jersey. He wouldn't sign anything that wasn't Steeler related. So I was like, "So you won't sign it?" <laughs> and he said, "No." And I was like, "Okay, bye." And that was it. There's my that's my Frankie hair story. Yeah. I thought that this was going to be like you had a relationship. No, with I didn't guy. know him at all. The way that you started this show during the first break, you said, "What am I going to get to tell my story <laughs> about Franco true. Harris?" Like you Franco did. Franco Harris Memorial. <laughs> and, yeah. I said, and I was like, "Oh wow!" Surprise! They didn't I have you speak at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Well, he just died, Foyer They haven't was asked like, me yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I didn't realize. They asked me. Foyer was close with him, so I'm like, I got to make sure. Yeah. So I told you at 3:46, we'll talk about Franco Harris. It's going to be this big thing that you no, need to tell. It. That was a funny story. <laughs> that was, that was it. it. But here's Franco. <laughs> but here's Love the you, buddy. <laughs> so if you're going to compare Rest yourself, in power. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to like think about what, like, who's the first player from the Patriots <laughs> dynasty to die? What? Wow. <laughs> Some of them already have. Some of them have. have already, right? Who? 
You see that uh, Globe oh, article? Oh, that's right. That's Hello, right. the poster child Charles of that Johnson. Globe article was Jermaine Wiggins. Well, he's alive. Still alive. I saw He'll probably live, outlive everybody. on the Globe's website, yeah. and it was like... It's like the curse of the first like Super Bowl? The, the dark underbelly that's of right. the Patriots yeah. dynasty. And I was yeah. like, what Who's is this? Die and I open it, and it's it's no joke. It's Wiggy sitting behind the mic yeah. with EEI behind him, and it's like the dark underbelly. <laughs> Did they show Wiggy's belly, or was it just like... He was just a- like looking upset. Talking on the really radio. serious, like he has brain damage. So like, <laughs> what is like some sort of curse of the 2001 Super Bowl? Is that what it was? Then at rock bottom, Wiggins decided to join the Greg Hill show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. There's my story. Pretty well, basic. Why, why, baby? That was a beautiful tribute. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to share that. Well, it's funny because like I, he dies. Like, wow, do I have any stories? Everybody's <laughs> tweeting out their pictures of Franco Harris. I'm like, I was like, I got one. He wouldn't sign my football. We're going to go it's to break. messed up. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Celtics. What a tribute that was. <laughs> Jalen Brown. Oh, I have another one. To the, Jalen Brown. Better than Bill's. He's going <laughs> off on the reps. The Greg Hill Show. Was there any communication to them to lateral the football in that situation, or was this just something that they chose to do in the heat of the moment? Well, uh, obviously it was. The play didn't turn out anywhere close to the way we wanted it to, so I'll just leave it at that. Did you miss something? Listen to the podcast presented by City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston on the Odyssey app or at WEEI.com. The Greg Hill Show, morning 6 to 10 on New England Sports Original. WEEI. WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 